right. Who's ready to hear me preach? Who's ready to hear the Word of God? So if you grab your Bible, Psalms 122. So that's Psalms 122. Psalms 122. But before we go there, Pete, sorry, we need to look at a picture. We need to look at a picture on the screen. All right, this is what it says. So if you're familiar with the Bible, this will make sense to you. If you're not, one day you will understand it. It says this, Peter, talking to Jesus, how many times must I forgive the one who sins against me? The questions he asks is seven times. Jesus says, not 70 times, but 70 times seven. Peter's reply for the meme is, thanks for the mass homework. And so I think that is a pretty, if we get the meme, because it's like, he's asking a serious question, then Jesus says to Peter, thanks for the mass homework. Like, why, why'd you have to give me mass homework? Who, who loves mass homework? Anyone? No, no, we don't. So what does this meme have to do with anything? Today, we're going to be speaking on a subject I'm going to be calling uh, uh, the mass of maturity. Tell the person beside you, mass of maturity. So mass, M-A-T-H, you know, like the school subject, mass of maturity. Okay, and so, you know what we said was last week? Who was there? Say, yeah, yeah. And I, you know what was so amazing? And so I want to encourage you, and I'm so proud of you, that we as a youth ministry doubled at You Know What We Stand. Can you, so see that everyone that we got here? Picture this doubled. That's how many people from one youth at United We Stand because we doubled our youth ministry by inviting friends. I don't think you realize how awesome that is. And so, um, which, so that means that you stepped out and invited people and that is the whole purpose of being a Christian is to go, God, we have what people need and we're going to bring people to that. And then the other thing as well is the whole Release the Animals message is about being fruitful and multiplying. And we literally did that. We said, God, you've put your faith within our lives and we want to share that. And so you were releasing the animals by going, God, we're going to see our friends know Jesus. And they then multiplied by bringing them. And so can I encourage you to have that same faith for youth on a general basis? So then, there's many measures of maturity, right? So, for example, one measure of maturity is if you can feed yourself. But if you can't feed yourself like a baby, you're immature. Does that make sense? But when you're able to feed yourself, that shows a level of maturity. And spiritually, feeding yourself is a level of maturity. Some people, when they're immature Christians, they've got to come to church to be fed. But when you, you get to a stage where you become mature in your faith and you can feed yourself. So you have your own Bible reading time. You have your own time of prayer because you're spiritually feeding yourself. That is a measure of maturity. Another measure of maturity, and I'm not going to speak on all measures. I'm just going to touch on a few. Another one is boldness. That's a measure of your spiritual maturity. Are you bold enough to pray out loud in public? Or are you too scared? A spiritual maturity will show you if you're spiritually mature, you're able to pray in public. Another one is just like with you know I'd be stand is that you are able to be a witness to your friends. If you're able to witness to your friends, that is a, a, a signal of boldness in maturity. And so one youth isn't um, a isn't baby church. I mean, this is not a thing where we go, oh, well, we, we're just sort of baby church. We are the church, and uh, we may be young, but that doesn't mean we can't lead. And so we've got to understand that as a young person, we are just as much every right for God to use our lives than someone that's Pastor Rob's age or, or this person or that person. So we've got to understand that, God, you can use me, and you will use me because he can. So does everybody know here what Jeremiah 7.24 is? Who knows that? Jeremiah 7.24. 
You should, if you know what, say it with me. But my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following the stubborn desires of their evil hearts. They went, what? Backward instead of forwards. And we are designed to go forwards in life. And you are designed to be a leader. You're called to be a leader. One youth, we're not just here, as I said, to be baby church. We're here to be leaders and, and see our church progress forward. If we can see our youth ministry double, which I believe we can, triple and quadruple, we can then see that same thing happen in church because God's going to use us. We don't have to wait for someone else. God wants to use us to make a difference in our uh, community. Who wants to hear a story from my football journey yesterday? So this is an interesting story. kind of relates. So I was playing footy and... I was standing the mark, so what happens if they have a set shot, you stand the mark. And so the guy was having a set shot, missed it, and I'm like, man, that's so awkward. He missed that. He should have kicked that goal. And then next thing you know, he just like punches me in my chest, winded me. Like, so it's like dirty as, so don't do this. He punched me, just boom. And I was like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been winded. And I was just like, because <gasps> I was like, you're winded, like you can't breathe. What, like, how dirty is that? Now, a bit of extra context, one of our players did that to one of their teammates earlier in the game. Do I think my player did the right thing? No, that's silly. You don't go around punching players. So then this guy punches me, I get winded, I recover, and I'm standing back on him again. And so I'm just having a chat to him, stirring him up, just trying to get into his head. And so I'm like to him, so just because our player punched yours, why do you drop yourself to that same level? What? Yeah, I said to him, I asked him, I said, why, why did... Just because my teammate does it to your teammate, why do you think you can drop yourself to his standard? Like, and then he it just like it shocked him. And why? Why did I say that to him? I don't really know. I just felt like getting in his head and and seeing where he's coming from. But can I encourage you? So many people do that. They go, oh well, if it's all right for them, it's all right for me. Don't drop yourself to someone else's standard because you are called to lead. You're called to go forwards, not backwards. So don't drop yourself back to that situation. Just like that peanut punched me because he dropped his self down to the level of someone else, you're called to go forwards in life, not backwards. So then earlier in the year, we've looked at Roderick's rules. And so rule one was from the diary of a wing kid, Greg's older brother, Roderick. His first rule was this, don't be good at something you don't want to do. But, the God, but God says this, whatever your hand finds to do, do it well. And so then another one was, always lower mum and dad's expectations, but the word of God says, honour your parents and things will go well for you. Rule number three was never do something when someone else can do it for you. But God's word talks about the great commission. That's not the great suggestion. Because some people go, oh, the great suggestion, oh, yeah, missionaries, you, you, you evangelize. Oh, person next to me, yep, yep, you evangelize. But the great commission says, no, you go and make disciples. And, uh, and so we got to understand, no, it's a great commission that we're commissioned to go out. And so too much, to- too often in life, we get ourselves in this position where we go, God, um, we, we'll, we'll, we'll follow Roderick's rules and we'll go backwards. Instead, we've got to go forwards in life and go, God, your word says this, and we're going to apply that to my life, and I'm going to see steps forward taken. So don't be like the guy that punched me or Roderick's rules and go, you know what, nah, we're going to compromise to laziness. We're going to compromise to not God's plan, but go, you know what, no, God, we're going to hear what your word says to my life, apply that, and we're going to see ourselves go forwards and, and level up. Is that good? So... Uh, Psalms 122 is an example of discipleship. And so I'm going to be preaching a bit more of a leadership message to us rather than say a, a preach because I believe that you are all called to be leaders and called to um, leadership. And so this is going to help us as a leader 
uh, understand what discipleship is. Is that cool? So if you've got your Bibles there in Psalms 122, which we were looking at, we told look at earlier, says this. So I want us to focus on the, fir- the first and the last verse, but we'll read the whole thing in context. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And now, here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is where the house of the Lord is. Uh, Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its stainless walls can not be breached. All the tribes of Israel, uh, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give me, I give thanks to the name of, not me, the thanks of the Lord, as the Lord requires of Israel. Here, stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For my sake, for, well, for the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. Verse 9, the last one. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Now I'm going to unpack that for us. So there's two steps we see in this psalm about discipleship. And so the first one, we, we see there it says, I was glad, uh, and then going to the house of the Lord. And so step one in discipleship is having a, a, a gladness to go to the church. Step one in faith is going, you know what, I want to be at youth because it's a fun place. I want to go to church because it's a fun environment. So that's step one on your Christian journey. Step two in verse nine says this, but I will seek what is best for you. So step two is moving from a love for church or a love for youth to seeking what is best for the kingdom of God. So step one in your discipleship goes, I want to be at youth. But step two goes, how can I invest into youth? Step one is, I want to be in church. Church is a fun environment. Step two is going, church isn't just fun. How can I be a part of church? How can I seek what is best for the kingdom of God? Does that make sense? So this is discipleship. So discipleship, first one is a love for church, a love for God, a love for youth. Step two is going, how can I have an impact in that environment? Right? And so Paul in the Bible understood that concept. And so in 1 Corinthians 10, um, 33 to chapter 11, 1, Oh, sorry, chap- yeah, chapter 11, 1. So this, when you read the Bible, sometimes, obviously, we've got chapters and verses and all that. So if you remove the verses, they had, these are sentence after sentence, but they've chapterized it, so they split it, but we want to put it back together. So it says it like this. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 33 to chapter 11, verse 1. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. And you should I- imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And so you got to, so we say, what, what did Jesus do? He died. That, that, he didn't want to do that. He, did, he died because that was what was best for me. That wasn't best for Jesus. He didn't die because that was best for him. He died because it was best for you. And so just like Jesus made, it, made a sacrifice for his life, we've got to go, God, we're going to imitate you and do what's best for other people, not just what's best for ourselves. So we saw that in Psalms. First step is going, you know, we love church, we love God. But the second step is going, you know, how can we do what's best for others? How can we do what's best for the church? And so th- there we go. So now uh, we're going to talk about mass. My mass teacher will be proud. Does anyone like mass here? Who's got mass homework? You can say to your teacher, don't worry about mass homework. My youth pastor told me we're learning mass at youth. All right. So a bloke called T.D. Jakes, I'll give him the credit for him. I heard him preaching one day and he used this in it analogy and I was just like man that's so good I'm gonna preach that one day and so he so but in school right who 
who had the privilege of getting a pen license? It was at my school. So obviously at school, you use a lead pencil, reception, year one, year two, because then if you, can, if you need to erase your mistake, you can erase it. But then it comes to like, I think it was in my school, it was in year four, or was it year five? I can't remember. I think it might have been year four. The opportunity came that if you proved your, um, your writing skills, if you matured in your writing, you were able to get your pen license. You could put away your pencil unless you're doing maths and use a pen, right? And so then with that in mind, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says this. Paul again speaking, when I was a child, I spoke for and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, when I matured, I put away childish things. And so when you're mature, you, you put away the things of immaturity, obviously. And so when I grew up, he says, I put away childish things. And so for you to mature, there's some childish things that you've got to put away. Like when I was talking about the, this pen license, when I matured to my pen license, I had to put the pencil away. I didn't go back. Jeremiah 7.24, we've got to go forwards, not backwards. Stop pulling out the lead pencil when you can use the pen. If you've matured to the pen level, stop re- reversing back to the pencil level, right? And so, kids say, mass. We'll go to the mass here. Okay. Who knows what addition is? I'm going to have to write this down. Addition. Sorry, give me a second. So, oh, no. Can I just borrow a, a holder for me, someone, just to hold this quickly? Thanks, Sean. All right, addition. So, if you don't know how to spell it, I'm going to write this up. A, it's so sad that I need to help this. A-D-D-I-T. Addition, all right? Mass. Addition. So this is what it is. So so tell me a number, someone. Ten. All right, ten. So ten plus another number, someone. 240. All right, great numbers. So addition. Ten plus 240 equals 255, right? 255. Boom. Good mass. So now what... What addition really is, is a problem, right, problem looking for an answer. Boom. There you go. So addition is a problem looking for an answer. This is from TD Jake. So addition, when we do addition in school, we look, we got a problem that's looking for an answer. Who knows what I'm talking about? So you'll have your mass book textbook and it'll be like, what's two plus two? Then you'll have the next one, what's two plus three? Then you'll have the next one, what's two plus five? And because it's it's problems looking for answers when you're doing your maths at school, right? And so Psalms 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of God. And so in our life, we get to step one where it goes, God, we have problems and we need answers for it. So um, the problems could be that we face could be sin. We, we face the problem of sin. So we go, God, I keep stuffing this up. God, I keep doing this wrong. At, at United We Stand, we talk about the lies that we deceive ourselves with. Our problem that we face are lies. Well, God, um, I keep saying to myself I'm useless. I keep saying to myself I'm a failure. I keep telling myself I can't do anything for God. And they're the things. So we have these problems and we're looking for answers. And so that's step one, right? But then what, what do we want? We want maturity. And so the mass of maturity. So then in, in reception, we don't learn about algebra, do we? Now, this is the one I needed to write down. So step two is algebra. A L. A-L-G, A-L-G-E, 
B-R-A. Hopefully you can read that. Say algebra. Okay. So now what happens is, can start, so algebra, you know how it's like English cross math? It's like, what the heck? Why would you mix English and math? So then what you'll have is you'll go like, say something will equal, say like 2A squared or something. And then you'll be like, and then you'll have, so you might have a random, this, this probably won't work at all for math, but you might have like 2 plus something equals algebra. So that's an A, not a 9, right? So, and so once you've learned addition, eventually you learn algebra, right? And so algebra is, an, is the answer, answer looking for... Leanna got it, a problem. Boom, that is powerful. And so what, what then we saw in Psalms 122 verse 9 was, I will seek what's best for you. So we saw step one is, I love church, I love thing. So and then addition step one um, is a, answer, a problem looking for an answer. God, we, this doesn't make sense. Clarify this to me. God, how do I do this? I need your help. We have problems looking for answers. But then we get to a state of maturity, so the mass of maturity, which is algebra, where we go, we have the answer and we're going to fill a problem. Now, I don't mean that we look for problems because you can see some people are critics, some people are always finding issues. We can come to youth and we could tell you every issue that there is, right? Um, Psalms 41.6 says this, They visit me as if they were my friends, but all the while they gather gossip. And when they leave, they spread it everywhere. So we're not talking about being a gossiper and going, hmm, hey, Cameron, what's going on? Wow. Hey, Sean, did you hear about Cameron? No, no, we're not talking about listening and looking for issues or problems. And then, or, or so don't have an eye for negativity or a, or a magnet for trouble. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about going, we have an answer and we're going to see problems solved. Is that good? And so, um, uh, so, with that, so then I believe that you have what it takes with Jesus to be the answer for, for problems. At the Wild Runs Conference, we talk about no more bullying, no more gossips, school for Jesus. And so we have problems in our society. We've got gossip that's so bad. We've got bullying that's so bad. Social media bullying is so bad. Schoolyard bullying is so bad. There's not any form of bullying. It's bad. But we see these problems in our society. But God says, you know what? I am, Jesus says, I am the solution. You've got to bring me to that problem. There might be other problems where we go, why doesn't that person at school not have any food? Why does this person at school unable to eat any lunch? We go, God, there's a problem there. You've put me here to notice that, to bring the solution to that, that, that aunt bring the answer, we are the answer, we are the answer to that solution. So step one is we find we have problems and we need the answer. And then when we mature, we start, we, we go from going, we have the answer and we're going to bring the answer to the problem. All right? So, the, so we move from God help me to God use me, God I have what people need. And so can I tell you, your school needs you, young person. Your family needs you. Port Lincoln needs you. One Heart Church needs you. There's issues and problems in our church that, you know what, to release the animals, you've got to be released into that to fill that lack. 
And so can I encourage a young person, you've got to take that on board. You know what, I, I, I'm happy that I had addition in my life, that I was a problem looking for an answer. And God, I thank you that I found you. And then the second step is you go, you know what, God, I want to be at algebra maturity. I want to have the mass maturity in my life. I'm going, you know what, no, no more me looking for the answers. I have the answer, and I'm looking for the problem that I can. Not looking for a problem to be negative, not looking for the problem to be mean, but to look for the problem to go, God, there's a problem, and you've placed me here to solve it. God, you've placed me here to see that restored, to see that fixed. Uh, and so can, can I encourage a young person, and that is for you. So I'm going to pray right now. And then we're going to believe God can use it. So God, we just right now thank you so much for, oh, for, this message, for this message that we've heard. God, we pray for, even as a title about the mass of maturity, God, and just as there's addition and there's algebra, God, may we can put our, pen license, our pencil away for, with our pen license. May we no longer live at just addition, looking for problems. And God, we pray for the problems that we face right now. Bring us answers. Bring us clarity. Bring us peace. But ultimately, God, we don't just want to live at always just going, God, woe is me, fix me. Woe, God, fix me. No, but we want to step out and go, God, we're not going to go backwards. We're going to go forwards in life. And we're going to believe that you've placed us here on earth to make a difference, to make a breakthrough and have a change. And quickly, I, I want to just share on this before we finish. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says this. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that, when, so that you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. And so can I encourage you, you can actually be the answer of prayer for someone. Because when you have what people need, and it says there, God will enrich you to be generous. And then uh, when you take your gifts to those who need them, because you have what people need, they will thank God for it. So can I encourage you, you can live a life where you're answering people's prayers and so I know for me well, I'm, I've prayed prayers like God we need drummers at church we need this we need that and I've seen people come into church and they answered that prayer and you have that ability to change someone's world you have the ability to answer people's prayers so you know what don't don't let uh, the problems in your life stop you go it's time for you to move on from that and be the problem solver amen